yeah, if each of you could just scribble on a scratch piece of paper this uh, diagram so that I won't have to hold it up during the talk, uh, it, it would be helpful. <clears throat> but you get the idea uh, pretty quickly. Okay. So, sometimes seeing a visual diagram uh, of what we're going, to, I'm going to be talking about, can be helpful in understanding the sometimes difficult, nuanced concepts like time and now. So this is just a. I'm going to be really. I'm. I'm, um, I'm just going to be kind of going over points, many of which have been already covered, but. I'm just going to do them from different angles so that you see their truth from different perspectives. Uh, rather than a single talk with a single perspective, uh, you can sometimes wiggle away from that perspective with some rationale or other. <clears throat> like saying, like when I was talking about uh, you and time are dependently arising together so that the sense of you is time. Well, you can you can wiggle away from that. You can say, well, that was an interesting concept, but it doesn't really have anything to do with anything I'm I'm uh, I'm concerned about. So then I'm going to present it from a different point of view, and then a different point of view, and a different point of view. So hopefully those points of view will will trap you in to a feeling of uh, earnestness and sincerity. And I've got to look at this. So uh, I'm doing that uh, deliberately, deliberately. So I want to go back for a moment and as a good starting point and talk about uh, science and time. And I know some of you could care less about science, but actually I love it, especially when it parallels Dharma, which it, it is now doing, physics is now paralleling Dharma. It's essentially saying that uh, nothing exists. <laughs> so you get out of that one, will you? Okay, so now you can squirm out of that one because that's science. But there's another one coming at you, which is Dharma uh, realization, which shows the same, the same uh, conjecture, the same, the same conclusion. So, according to physicists, physicists, Time is an illusion born of our incomplete knowledge. It's not something that exists objectively. In fact, they say that there's no physical reason, phys uh, no reason in physics that time should be going forward as opposed to be going backward. <laughs> That's an interesting one. And time is a derived concept. This is a quote. Time is a derived concept. It is not something fundamental. Uh, it is not something fundamental to our universe. Our naive perception of its flow doesn't correspond to physical reality. All right, and uh, and then I happened upon a spiritual philosopher of the past, 
Khalil Gibran, which some of you might know, and, and how his quote matches science. So just listen there. It says, the timeless in you is aware of life's timelessness and knows that which sings and contemplates in you is still dwelling within the bounds of that first moment which scattered the stars into space. I thought that was really beautiful, poetic way of saying the same thing. I'm going to give you one more example of the timelessness of physics and also corresponds to this quote by Khalil Gibran, especially the part that says, and that which sings and contemplates in you is still dwelling within the bounds of that first moment which scattered the stars into space. So nothing has moved. Okay, so I was reading a, a, a unit of light is called a photon. Sometimes it's a wave and sometimes it's a particle, but that's beside the point. So at the moment of the Big Bang, 13.8 billion years ago, all the photons that are here today were uh, created in that moment. Now, just listen to this. As time, as, as speed increases, time slows down. That's Einstein's theory of relativity. So the faster I go, the more time is slowed down. Okay? I don't know why that's true, but that is a fact. So somebody flying in an airplane um, will actually be younger when they return than you will be, even though you both uh, lived the same amount of time on ground, on Earth. Now, here's the point. As a photon, the photon moves at the speed of light. At, as time, as, the, as uh, speed increases to the speed of light, time slows down. At the speed of light, time stops. So from a photon's perspective, the moment of the Big Bang is what, they're, what it is currently engaged in or exists in. It's never moved from the moment of its creation. So why is it then that we see light coming in at us and we say, oh, that star is 100,000 light years away and measurable and it took 100,000 years for that light to reach our eyes and all of that, you see? So that, that sounds like a contradiction of what I just said, but the way the mind works is that it creates time from the timeless. And so it has light moving when it has never moved. Now, when it never moves, everything is still. Everything is timeless. And that is an aspect or an expression of fundamental reality. Okay, so I'm just, just putting that out just to give you some weighted balance on behalf of the timelessness of the moment. So now we're going to move to this graph. Okay. 
I'm not going to hold it up. I'm just going to show you. So <clears throat> we have the vertical axis. And the vertical ax axis is timeless. It is complete. It's still. It's immediate, mysterious, unconditioned. It's simple, etc., etc. All the words I use today to describe the fundamental reality. Abiding in the vertical is the fruit of most spiritual traditions. First, let's understand that time is an abstraction. It has no existence outside of my thinking. Now, the horizontal universe, the line across the x-axis, that contains the past, the present, and the future. Where the x-axis meets the y-axis is the zero point. The zero point I'm calling now, N-O-W. So the two axes touch only in one place, and that's at the zero point. So the spiritual and the human, you might say, the human mind, the spiritual, which is outside of concepts, and the human mind, which lives within concepts, actually do touch at the zero point. Now, the zero point is very interesting, and this is why I made it into a diagram. Because zero is really an apt description of what life looks like between those two points when they cross. Even on the horizontal universe, at the zero point, time is stopped, is arrested. The vertical universe, because it's timeless, crosses at that point too. At that point, it's zero because I don't exist. Nothing exists as itself. Things only exist as I march forward along this direction or march backward along that direction. Then things as I've known them to be and myself as I've known myself to be have some uh, illusory sense of existence. At the zero point, the universe, where the, universe, where the verse, vertical hits the horizontal, that's emptiness, pure and simple. All right, now the horizontal universe I'd like to talk a little bit about because that's the one that we spend most of our lives in. But maybe every once in a while we get a sense that there is a zero point, that there is some place in my practice or perhaps... I just had an experience in which there was stillness. In that moment of stillness, I'm at the zero point. There's just now, there is no past or future. The sense of ego, the felt sense of separation feels as if time is happening to us, we are being affected by it. We know the passage of, of time affects through aging, affects us through aging, but we do not realize we are time. The sense of I is time. Now, how does that work? And this I'm going to be 
talking about in other talks as well. As we march forward, we never, as we march the past is a concept in us, a thought in us, and a remembrance of all the things that we have done. And all the ways that we know objects is because we've invested the past into these objects, and that's called memory. And so everything that we hold as an image in our mind represents something that we have lived through in the past. So I look at a house, well, I, I don't know that particular house, but I know what houses are. I have an, an image and past experiences with houses. So I don't necessarily have to see that house in respect to the house I live in, but I know that it, the context of it is the same. And I knew that for every single thing in, in the universe, actually. And so it's all compiled within my memory bank as the past. And so I can bring up particular situations of the past in which involved houses or trees or birds or whatever it is. And, but that's all happening inside of me. None of that is actually true in and of itself in this moment. Now in the universe going forward, I can project what I've known the past to be into the future. Oh, I need to build a house. I need a house. God, I'd really like to have a house just like the one I grew up in, except it needs to have this and this change. And that's my projection into the future called the future. And I promote it by thinking about it and holding the image of it and dwelling upon that image and just being very uh, settled with the fact that I'm going to have a house just like the one, et cetera, et cetera. You know what? Through all of this thinking and all of this remembering and all of this projection onto the future, I have never moved, just like the photon. It's imaginary movement, mentally derived movement. I have remained at the zero point, where now is. The zero point, another word for that zero point is now. So all of the world views that we have lived within, all of the projected knowledge that we have of our current situation, just look out. You know something about everything you see. Or you may not know what it is specifically, and it's safely tucked into a, a knowledge that I can get to know that, or I don't know what that is, but I'll get to know what it is. All of that, all of that is never having left the zero point. We, the sense of I, gets our sense of three-dimensionality from time past, time future, and time present. All of it. That's what makes us feel complete is we know our past. I can tell you where I was born, et cetera, et cetera. I know my future. I know where I'm going. But none of that in actuality is happening in the moment we conjure up that thought. We're at zero point. We're in the now. Now let's examine the now for a moment because it's because it's true. That's why we're going to examine it. This 
logic, this it's not even logic, this truth is really earth shattering if you think about it, because we have pretended our way through life. We have created the fictional feeling that we are three dimensional rather than nothing, rather than a zero. So the person who gets caught up in that because it's easy to make that statement and to feel that there's some logic to that statement, it's much more difficult to live it because we have been used to living through our desires or through our resistances and aversions and through our likes and dislikes and all of that living experience and relationship to where I'm going and to where I've been has been along the vertical, has been along the horizontal line. That horizontal line I underwrote here is called ignorance. Ignorance, ignore ants. The willingness to ignore because we want to be who we are, who we've thought ourselves to be. And that requires ignoring the fact that nothing of any movement is occurring. So the truth is very different than the reality that we seem to want to believe in. And you would think it would be just a simple, okay, God, I woke up to that, thank God. No, because we tenaciously hold on to the projection of ourselves as being someone who's moving through time. Now, now, now is steady. Now itself doesn't move because it's a facet, it's a facet of our fundamental essence, which doesn't move. But instead of acknowledging that, we create movement, mind movement, through the now. Mind movement is the only thing that moves. Mind moves. Reality does not move. But in the movement is all of our disappointments, all of our fears, all of our desires, all of our wanting to be and not wanting to be, all of it included, all of the meaning we give life, the purpose and intention of living. You hear it? You hear how much power it carries? You hear what would have to happen for us to want to step into zero? We'd have to see the limitation of all that movement. We'd have to see that, you know, I'd rather be still. So it takes, for most of us, long period of time to reach the inward agreement that we'll step out of this. this. The sense of, okay, I've done enough. I can't, this is weary. All this movement, I'm weary. I'm weary of it. You see, reality doesn't grow old. Reality is always and only itself. It's the mind created reality that grows old. Why? Because anything that's mentally creative can't sustain itself because it's a bunch of images and things that are, have no substance, no truth to them. 
And so of course everything changes because the mind can't sustain continuation for very long. That's a different way of thinking about a Nietzsche. It's a different way of thinking about change and impermanence. Now you can use impermanence and the dissatisfaction of time's movement, not realizing that time is a mental phenomenon and come to that same kind of disappointment, same sort of despair. You know, everything is, why would I ever grasp onto anything when it's just falling, moving through a sieve, it's on its way out. And that kind of deep discouragement about the forms of life eventually lead, it said, I don't know very many people in which this has actually happened, but it eventually leads to people saying enough, enough. I, there must be a vantage point which does not move. There must be something that is continuous, the forever, the forever. And there is. And so perhaps the same result happens from either description. I particularly like this one because I've had experiences in my years of continuous meditation where I could actually see consciousness rising and falling. That it wasn't a, a, a constant state. It wasn't continuous. And that it felt like your eyes were blinking on and off. And I remember going to the, the teacher at the time and saying, well, what's going on here? It feels like everything is just, you know, it's like a light switch going on fast and faster and faster. And he said, uh, he said, that's consciousness arising and falling, rising and falling. That consciousness itself can't stay continuous because it's mentally derived. Okay. So whenever you are in the midst of change, you're in the midst of the mental phenomena of change. The mind-induced change. Now just, I'm not making this up. This is, this is realized truth for me. It might sound like science fiction to you. It does not to me. It's the living truth. Now, if you take a seat in the now, which is this right here, which does not move, that doesn't mean things don't move through the now. It means the now doesn't move in relationship to anything else. So that which the now is, is not the content of now, because that's changing. It's that which holds the content, and that does not change. Now just understand what I just said. The forms that move through now, which we can't deny, I mean, if you could be unshakably still, and still the tree, the tree is moving. My heart is beating. But that's the... To think of the content as being the definition of now just makes it another slice of time. But 
opening up the now now so it's no longer connected to time holds all of time but it itself is not of time oh i just hope you get this if i had a wish that would be my wish look no movement mysterious still immediate and yet the wind is blowing do you see this is what's so amazing is that the vertical line called the spiritual and the horizontal line meet at the same place the same place if it meets at the same place they must coexist it's not even right to say they're coexist they're really one and the same thing seen from two different perspectives from a conditioned perspective or or a non-conditioned unconditioned perspective but the point is that they meet you don't have to give up the vertical you don't have to give up the horizontal you can sit with them both as being i'm making this differentiated it's not differentiated but it's the only way i think i can say it they meet as the same thing but what remains is the unshakable now within the movement of our lives it's not denying the trees move in the wind it's not denying the fact my heart's beating it just isn't the only truth available to me and so i began to see and when that seeing the whole dynamic of perception changes which i'll be talking about tomorrow see i know you you thought this was going to be a simple weekend but i don't use that this is all the time i've got with you i've got to get the message to you and then it's up to you to to explore further into this message the message is not wrong i'm not leading you astray i'm saying it differently than you might have heard to shock you to say whoa what's going on here is he right you should ask that question you shouldn't just take my word for it so the horizontal contains the past the present and the future now when i talk about now i'm not really talking about the present the present is between the past and the future it's another moment of time mentally derived time because we don't even care about it the present doesn't hold anything for us it's the future where our expectations can be met it's the past that 
holds our remembrance of what it is that we're pursuing going forward in the future, the present is without any pleasure until we invite ourselves into the now, and then it becomes very serene and contented. So I know, you know, that we have essentially taken away your goals, your meaning, your purpose. <laughs> we haven't actually. I mean, they, they continue regardless. Just don't get anxious about, you don't get invested in them. That's what happens. And now takes away the investment in your thoughts as well. Now, I wonder, I'm going to do, some of you remember when you believed in Santa Claus, and if you're not Christian, put another, the tooth fairy or the Easter bunny or whatever fabrication we were fed when we were very young. And speaking for myself, I was very much taken with Santa Claus and, you know, would get up early and I was totally believing in the system until a certain age. And I don't remember, maybe six or something. I remember, I remember where I was. I was called on the top of the steps. My mother was at the bottom and it was Easter time. And I just, something in me, a six-year-old head, and I don't know I was six, but it was around then. I said to her, is it really an Easter bunny? I just couldn't, I could no longer convince myself that some big bunny was jumping around leaving eggs in people's homes or whatever it does. And she said, no. And then it, I, there was a question that I didn't want to ask, but I did. And I said, what about Santa Claus? And she said, no. And I remember the impact of that. And I went to my older brother, who was four years older, and I said, did you know there wasn't any Santa Claus? And he said, yeah. And I said, why didn't you tell me? He says, because why would I want to? You were enjoying it. And I said, how long have you known? He says, for years. And it felt like a loss, which I quickly got over. Because what came in in place of that loss was a mature maturation of view. There weren't Santa Clauses that could speed around the sky delivering coal or goodies. There just wasn't that kind of moral being that was around. That it brought me down to earth. It locked me into the time frame of reference to speed and all of that. It locked me into conventional reality conventional, which was important for a six-year-old child to have conventional reality be matured into. This is no different. We just have believed in it longer. Now listen, everyone. There's no Santa Claus. You can believe in him if you like. You can perpetuate the idea 
if you like. You can hold on to life's purposes from which your vantage point, from your vantage point, if you wish. And it's not entirely false in the sense that time does move, mentally derived time does move. You will get older. You will need to plan for your retirement. You will need to prepare for your death and dying. That's all true. And the deeper truth is that nothing has ever moved. Movement has given me time to pursue my desires and avoid my fears, both of which were of time. Fear, I'm not afraid of what's here. I'm afraid of what's going to be here. That's what fear is. And when fear comes and you acknowledge it in your presence, there's no longer fear of it. I remember, you know, you, you see these, um, I had a, a dream and there's a Godzilla or whatever those monsters are going through New York City, Times Square, you know, and everybody's scattering and it's creating havoc. And I was having a dream like that and I said, enough of this. And I turned around and I said, here I am. Do what you may. That's, a, so, that's no Santa Claus. I've given up Santa Claus. Just do what you may. Remembering the vertical is intrinsic to all things. Nothing is there to, no, you can't add anything to it because nothing is missing. It makes no demands. It cannot be perceived because it is within perception itself. You can't get closer to it because it is everything that is already here. There is no way to it. And more importantly, there's no way out of it. Now, where are you going to seek the truth? Where are you going to try to find and discover true reality? The zero point. Because at zero point, there is stillness. That is the end of suffering. And although movement can, comes back in, there isn't the attachment any longer. You've seen through that. You've seen through the investment necessary for pain to exist, for suffering to exist. So although movement occurs, you can still take action and have a full life. Their suffering is not there because you've seen from stillness that this is all mentally derived. So what we're saying is that the mind moves, but ultimate reality does not. The sense of self is a creation of the mind. It is only through the mind's movement that we come 
to egoically exist. We live compulsively tied to memory and anticipation. This creates the pre endless preoccupation with past and future. But where is it? We ever stop long enough to say, where is it? Well, you don't understand. It's when I get this. Well, now I've got it. Where is the past and future? We know intuitively that these are illusions, but we sense our survival is at stake if we did not move. Now we've all chased and avoided mental states. They're moving. They're creating, they create, because of their movement, they create the image of a past in which I was depressed or traumatized or anxious or whatever emotion you want to put on it. We have that locked in to the experience of the emotion. So when the emotion comes up, we hunker down, we get tight and tense, and we start fighting with the inward expression of life as it's moving through us is the concrete certainly certainty that the past will replicate itself in my misery. At some point, we mature and sober up. And we no longer move with our mind states as being true. We are willing to stay put and look at what is already here beneath the thoughts and emotions and that these are being held by something, by the timeless. And that our emotions are being held by the timeless. Our emotions are of time. They are conditioned in time. They are remembered from that conditioning and projected forward as to what our life expectation is. And we suffer miserably with their arising. And we fall back into the state of which we were held captive in our memory. Now is enough. Enough is not satisfied in the present. In the present, enough is held by the future. In now, everything is enough. So instead of investing in the emotion as being true, knowing that we've had it before and the trouble it gave us, instead of investing in that conjectured reality, we turn towards Godzilla and say, you know what? Come at me. I don't care. It's, a, it's enough. Now, 
It has no power whatsoever to move us. The worst emotion you can experience has no power at all to move you. You surrendered it. You surrendered your fl- your flight. You surrendered time into it. You surrendered movement away. You've surrendered any kind of investment in it. And it can't sustain itself. <laughs> Only something in time and your belief in time can have you drift towards the disaster you impose. But being still with the deepest concern, the deepest emotional concern we have, we turn towards Godzilla. I'm tired of this. I'm sitting down. Okay, all. Thank you for your attention.